ladies. Welcome to the Mav Method Podcast, where we free you from the misery of yo-yo dieting and give you the life-changing body confidence you deserve forever. Here's your host, ISSA certified personal trainer and fitness nutritionist and women's transformation specialist, Maverick Willett. Hello, everyone. It's episode six. Welcome back. We're excited to talk a little bit about some fat loss and how to do it sustainably. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's the biggest thing is not only how do you lose fat, how do you lose weight, but how do you do it for the long term? How do you do it and keep doing it? You know, I mean, I think that's that's the biggest thing that is kind of lost in the industry right now is, um, you know, getting started and keeping doing something. There's so many methods out there right now that are unsustainable. And there's so many methods out there that promise quick results. But what we see time and time and time again is people rebounding, people, you know, gaining that weight back after they initially lose it really quickly. And the, the, the question becomes, how do I keep these results? How do I get results and then keep them forever? And that's a challenge that we constantly face as coaches. Um, a lot of people struggle with this because uh, they think that when they start something, they need to go to the extreme. So there's so many different extreme uh, examples of um, different types of diets out there, um, such as we talk about it all the time, um, but like keto or doing a juice cleanse or something that is essentially changing so much of what you're doing. And none of those things are is sustainable um, because they're not something that you can implement for life. So what happens is people start them, they feel overwhelmed, um, and they do it for a short period of time, and then they can no longer do it um, because it's not something that is easy to keep up with. And eventually they go back to their old ways, their old habits, and they gain the weight back and they have to start all over again. Yeah. the I think the main issue. And we talk a lot about fad diets on this podcast and social media. And if you follow me on Instagram, you know how I feel about keto already or any other kind of super restrictive, super harsh dietary protocol. But the main issue is you're not learning anything except really what what not to do. Um, Without some kind of awareness of how much you are consuming as far as calories go, it's going to be really hard to maintain any kind of method if you don't know how much you're consuming or how much you're burning or have some base level understanding of how different foods and different amounts of foods affect your body. It's going to be really hard to maintain any kind of results that you that you get with anything because you're blindly eliminating things from your nutrition. Most people are blindly eliminating things from their nutrition and with, without any kind of awareness or knowledge as to why and to, as to how that affects them long term. Um, I mean, most people don't even know, you know, what kind of vitamins and minerals that your your body needs to sustain change or to, to get and sustain change. Your metabolism, your thyroid, your hormones, they all need certain nutrients to be able to function. And when you take those out especially for long periods, now you're taking the very fuel that the fire needs to burn. So that's my main problem with any kind of harsh, restrictive protocol when it comes to weight loss. So the question is, what do you do? What do you do if you want to get results and then maintain those results for the rest of your life? Uh, That's the question. That's the bridge that that's the 
that's how we bridge the gap. We have people who come to us and they say, I've tried 10 different things. What do I do now? Because none of them worked. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeless. I need an answer. How do I get results and keep them for life? What is that lifetime answer? The last thing I'll ever need. So I don't have to feel like this again. And that's kind of the question we strive to answer for people. I can say from personal ex- experience, I can give a great example of um, this and how extremes don't tend to work. Um, it was probably just under a decade ago, which sounds crazy because <laughs> because we're in our 30s. But um, I had run into uh, somebody that I had known um, in college uh, at the gym, and uh, she was doing some competition prep and I was asking her some questions about you know what she was eating and everything like that so as we both know um, competition prep is categorized as more of an extreme diet Um, they are cutting weight fairly quickly and have to do certain methods to get there so she was talking to me about certain things that she was eating and I was just like wow and I you know after a few days I was just like I gotta try this so What I did is I did an extreme. I thought that I had to boil my chicken and only eat chicken and vegetables. And do you want to know how long that lasted for? A couple weeks. Try less. One week? Try less. A couple days. Try less. Are you serious? What, in like an hour? Two meals. (laughs) How? I mean, have you ever tried boiled chicken before? I, I have. It's it's like eating cardboard. Yes. So uh, this boiled chicken and vegetable thing was an extreme. And in all of two meals, it was over. Um, and that's why I believe so much that extreme options for weight loss are not something that is going to get you to lose the weight that you want to lose because it's not something that you are going to enjoy doing thus you will not do it for a long time. Would you get in a car that you knew was going to break down 10 miles down the road? Absolutely De- not. Depends how far I needed to go. Do I need to go less than 10 you miles? You need to drive this car forever. <laughs> this, you, this, as long as you're alive, you'll be driving this car. So would you get in a car that 10 miles down the road was going to break down? I think most people would say probably not. However, when you employ one of these extreme methods and examples would be keto, whole 30 Advocare, Adkins, Weight Watchers, Jenny Craig, um, you know, anything where you are doing something extreme, that's essentially what you're doing is you are setting yourself up to break down a few miles down the road. And because of advertising, they make it sound like, you know, all they focus on is you're going to go really fast in those 10 miles. You're going to floor it. You're going to, it's going to be fun. You're going to lose all this weight. And it's just going to, all you're going to see is the, the, the super fast speed you're going and nothing else, but they don't tell you how to maintain those results. And that's why millions of people are suffering with their, their weight loss goals and suffering with their bodies. And honestly, the, the thing, the real thing they don't tell you is the damage that can be done mentally, physically, hormonally, metabolically, you're never going to hear about that because if you did hear about it, those people wouldn't, uh, you know, connive you into doing their fad approach and or however they're using that fad to make money. People use keto to make money. They they warp it into their unfair market advantage and say, here, try my ketone raspberry ketone tea. Try, try my uh, my keto plan. You know, oh, you love because they realize that keto is such a trendy sounding word and it's such a big trend right now that people will jump on it like 
their life depends on it because everyone is, you know, wanting instant gratification. Now, we could go down this road and I could sit here and bash fad diets for another hour, but I think it's best if we focus on what are some things people can do to do things right. Mm-hmm. Some easy things that you can do just to start your journey in the right direction. So let's let's shift gears and talk about that. So I would say first and foremost that you have to be patient, that you have to plan, and that you have to understand that in order to change what you're doing, it's going to take time because you are already used to doing the habits that you're currently doing from doing them for such a long period of time. So changing habits does take time. With that being said, if you try to implement a bunch of habits all at once and change everything all at once, it is not going to be possible. It's not going to be sustainable. It's better to baby step. It's better to implement something once a week and really, really focus on that one thing before adding something else to your daily habits. Um, It is more achievable to do that than to decide one day that you're going to start going to the gym, that you're going to completely change your diet, that you're going to completely eliminate um, certain beverages from your um, daily, you know, habits. It, it's just, it's better if you start small. So I would say the implementation of, you know, committing to, okay, I'm going to exercise two times this week and setting a plan for yourself. And you know what? If you set a plan and you only get to the the gym or um, work out in some capacity one of those two days, at least you met 50% of your goals for that week. If you don't set a plan, you're not going to meet any of your goals for that week. So, yeah. So I, I think the, the theme there is commit slowly, complete readily, which is something that we preach all the time and is why our clients have a ton of success because most people, the reason they struggle is because they don't trust themselves. You know, ask yourself right now, like, if, do you trust yourself to make a commitment and follow through on it? And if you have to hesitate before you answer that question, the likely answer is you don't trust yourself. You have a lack of trust for yourself to follow through. You don't trust your own word. This is a primary reason why a lot of people continuously yo-yo and struggle to find an answer or solution with their body composition goals because they don't trust themselves to make commitments in the first place. Look at New Year's resolutioners. They make all these lofty commitments. I'm going to go to the gym every day this week. I'm going to go to five yoga classes, and then I'm going to do Uh, I'm going to combine that with keto. I'm going to combine that with intermittent fasting. I'm going to combine that with uh, running every day. No wonder that gym is completely empty in February because these are huge commitments and drastic overhauls of habits that have no chance of sticking. I think that commitments nowadays, um, especially with the way that the world is now, are more difficult for people to make because they're always afraid that if they make a commitment, something else better may come along and they might want to change their mind in regards to their commitment. So I also think that putting your health and the changes that you want to make as a priority, um, regardless of whatever else is going on around you, is of the utmost importance because if if you prioritize those things, um, there's not going to be anything that's going to derail you from achieving those things. Um, Obviously, besides, you know, general things happen in life, things come up. But if you make a plan for yourself and you prioritize um, yourself, uh, then it's a better chance that you are going to actually stick to it. Build that trust. You know, like you said, make small commitments. So examples of this, I will track 
two or three of my meals this week. Just say three. Say it out loud. When you say it out loud, I, I recommend everyone on Sunday evening making an intention statement or two about what you're going to do this week. So it could be um, something as small as going on two walks this week after your meal, right? Just get out in the sun and get on a walk. It could be I'm going to uh, prep three of my meals this week just to delve into it, just to dive in and, and just try it. It may not go that well. That's fine. You're doing more than you would have otherwise, and it's a start. The journey of a thousand miles starts with the first step, right? The age-old saying, start with something. So com- commit slowly, complete readily. As you complete these small commitments, you build trust to yourself. You trust yourself to add more commitments later on. Not a lot more, but little things. As you build, the compound interest returns over time. And as you continue to do this, you look back three or four months down the road and see, wow, I'm doing a heck of a lot more than I used to be doing. You may not have transformed yet. That's okay. The transformation is happening. It's just not evident. And this is the hardest pill for 90% of people to swallow who are coming from that instant gratification fad diet type of industry because they, they're trying to convince you that you should do all these crazy things at once to see results. But the reality is true transformation that lasts happens over time and accumulation of small habits that build and build and build. And you become an accumulation. You're, you're a depiction of what you've habitually done over a long span of time. So I would definitely say that a few habits that are great for people that are just starting out would be small ones. Like for example, um, eliminating beverages that are not conducive to your goal. Or, so, re- or just reducing them. Or reducing, like right. Like tapering. So that would mean, um, you know, staying away from sugary beverages, staying away from um, alcoholic beverages, staying away from uh, a lot of energy drinks, really focusing on um, drinking water, um, drinking um, milk, orange juice, um, things that actually have nutrients in them. And... Um, slowly and eliminating um, the other beverages. That would be a great goal for your first week. Um, Another example of a good goal would be, okay, I'm going to start researching, you know, online um, or looking at different videos of how to properly train this part of my body. And then I'm going to execute that in the gym or at least try to, right? So you plan to go to the gym twice during the week. You set a goal for yourself. You set a time. Um, I definitely recommend, you know, if you're just getting started and you feel uncomfortable, you don't want to go to the gym during a time that's busy, uh, opt for Friday night. Most people are out doing things on Friday night. Um, The gym's very quiet. Sunday night, same thing. Gym's very quiet. Uh, Right after lunch, from my experience, gym's very quiet. Those are great times to go um, where you'll have more space, um, less anxiety from eyes on you and more chance to practice um, and learn uh, what you're comfortable with with your body. So these are all great steps to take, you know, on the outside, like those surface level struggles where, you know, you need to learn about food portions, you know, so, so start tracking your meals, just try it, try it out, start tracking. Even if you have no idea how to do it, try it. Jump in the pool. You can't learn to swim sitting on the edge of the pool. So jump in. Just try tracking a meal. I'm very, I believe, wholeheartedly in uh, calorie tracking, not for the rest of your life, obviously, but for a short period of time to learn the tool to intuitively eat. The goal is intuitive eating, but you can't eat intuitively 
unless you develop the tools to do so from becoming calorically aware by seeing what foods equate to how many calories, how many macronutrients, et cetera. Until you gain those tools, you'll never be able to do anything outside of fad diets, outside of extreme methods, because you're not learning anything. But those are all surface level struggles. People struggle with macros. People struggle with you know weight loss and stuff like that. The internal struggles that are the real barriers to, to change are your emotions and how you feel about yourself, how you speak to yourself, and the emotions that you attach with foods. Um, if you're an emotional eater, if you're a stress eater, if you cope using food, if you cope with trauma by eating or by not eating, becoming mindful of those things is the real key to sustaining the changes. Because if you, you can buy any meal plan you want. You can sign up with any coach you want. You can do any kind of diet. You can do anything. And none of that is going to actually address the internal, unless that, unless you sign up with a mentor who really focuses on these things, none of those things are really going to focus on the true internal struggles that people have. And those are the, those are the real reasons why people can't make strides because they talk themselves out of change. They overwhelm themselves. They stress, they have anxiety about whether or not they can stick to something that all stems back to those um, small commitments. But Becoming mindful of these emotions and these patterns is a huge, huge step into finally rewiring so that you can change them. So I, I think what Maverick's trying to uh, make a point of is, is that you don't want to just touch the surface of the problem, which would be, uh, you know, I have gained X amount of weight um, because I've been eating the wrong foods. You want to get to the root of the problem that I have a bad relationship with food because I binge when I'm sad and I'm sad because, and whatever that answer is, is the root of the problem. And you want to get down to that so that you can fix your relationship with food so that you can progress with weight loss. Exactly. Exactly. Um, because let's just say that you, you do cut carbs or you cut whatever and you lose 20 pounds, but you still have those stressful things in your life. Mean, life's going to keep happening. So you still have these stressful events in your life. You still have these traumatic events in your past. And you still haven't really learned how to not cope with those things using food. Then inevitably, that, that weight loss that you've had and achieved will be temporary because you didn't solve the things that got you there in the first place. Um, weight, weight gain doesn't happen overnight and neither does weight loss. But it took you time to get to where you are. If you're someone who struggles with your weight, if you're someone who struggles with, you know, finding a method to help you lose that weight sustainably, it didn't happen overnight. It likely happened as a chain of events in your life that led to emotional eating, overeating. You know, ask yourself the next time if you're someone who eats the entire bag of chips as opposed to a handful, why did you do that? You know, mm -hmm. and, and we're not shaming here because believe me, I have done these things. Mm -hmm. I, I used to cope with food all the time and sometimes I still do, but for, for me, it was a way to escape a, a traumatic situation or a, a volatile situation. I would binge on ice cream and peanut butter. So I've been there. You know, the, Temporarily, the ice cream and peanut butter made me feel better because they tasted good. And I didn't have to think about all the bad things going on in my life. So I'm speaking from experience on that point. It's similar to the way that an individual would use alcohol or drugs to cope with um, feelings that they don't want to feel or stressful times, um, times of high anxiety, um, they utilize these items to help them to feel better, to help them to not feel. And similarly, um, food addiction is actually a, a huge addiction that people just don't realize. It's is the that, toughest one. 
Absolutely, because it's not something that is widely recognized. It's not something that you can pinpoint necessarily. But if you think about your habits and you think about the times that you are stressed, you're anxious, you're sad, you're angry, if you automatically go to thinking about food, going in your pantry and grabbing something so that you can feel that instant gratification of feeling happy from what you're eating, um, that's not going to help you long term. Because what typically happens is, let's say that you eat that full bag of chips that Maverick was just talking about, right? Well, now you have two problems. Because after you're done with that bag of chips, now you feel some guilt and some shame because you ate that bag of chips. And the problem that initially led you to that bag of chips still exists. Thousand percent. And that I, I appreciate you saying that because you're right. So food addiction, sex addiction are the two hardest addictions to overcome in this country or in the world. It's not like addiction is just in this country. It's all over the world. And now we're getting into a conversation about mental health. And we have, we have to have this conversation because as we know, working with clients for, for a long time now and seeing it over and over again, the, the bulk of success in someone's journey comes down to their ability to address these things and come to terms with, okay, this is where I'm struggling. And that's okay. Like we all have struggles, all of us. And, and Sophie and I are no exception to that rule. One reason why we know a lot about this stuff because our own struggles with it. But um, food addiction is, is something that so many people struggle with and don't even realize it. And the reason why it's such a hard thing to break is because we're born needing food. We're not born needing alcohol or drugs. I mean, if you ask anybody who's a former alcoholic or in recovery or in recovery for drug addiction, they'll tell you if, if they have food addiction, they'll tell you that it's way harder because it's, it's something you're born needing, whereas alcohol and drugs aren't something you're, you're born needing. They become, it's something that becomes wired in you after a certain amount of time as a result of a trauma or et cetera. But just like those things, food addiction is usually linked back to a childhood trauma or experience, and now it's manifesting in your adult life. So for example, if you your parents were fighting in the next room when you were younger and you went to the kitchen to eat some sweets to get your mind off of it, that in all likelihood follows you in adulthood in some way. And once you be, the, the beautiful part is the good the positive news is once you realize it and once you're aware of it, that's the only way that you can now fix it and and rewire and have and replace it with new positive patterns. And this is something that isn't widely advertised in what we do, but it's a lot of what we do mm. with people because the nutrition stuff, like we, it's a given, we're going to solve those problems. We're going to, we're going to teach people how to track calories, become mindful, you know, break, uh, break dependency on fat diets and, and, you know, fix the relationship with the scale. It's those deeper struggles mm. that people really, really need help with. And it's awesome when they rewire those patterns, when we disassociate shame and guilt from food, you know, cause it's just food at the end of the day. We have to look further and see what's causing it. So I love that you brought that up. The feeling before the feeling, I think, is such a huge thing to focus on. Right. And I mean, to that end, you know, at midnight when we have a client that is struggling with stress or whatever it is that they're going through, um, we're not there in their house to stop them before they get to their pantry and say, hey, you know, is this really going to make you feel better or what's truly going on? And that's something that we work with in mindset to help them to identify so that they can change these habits and they can actually solve their struggles. Um, because I don't know about you, but there's been many a times where I have a just 
horribly stressful day. And I just think to myself, ooh, I just want like a pizza or something like that. That would feel so good. But that's not going to solve my problem. That's going to make me feel good for maybe all of 10 minutes. And then I'll feel overindulged. And at that point, maybe like guilty that I ate that and my problem still exists and I haven't addressed it. And uh, now I feel even worse. (laughs) So the flip side of this And the real beautiful part, which is what we strive to help people do, is finding ways to enjoy those foods Mm -hmm. in the right amounts to where you don't feel shame and guilt. Because you can. That's the the powerful thing. You can eat pizza. You can eat foods that you love. I'm just using pizza as an example. um, And still reach your fitness goals 100%. If you are following a diet that says you can never eat pizza, you can never eat ice cream, then that is not true. You you need to find a new approach because the point of balance in your life is to be able to enjoy food in moderation and know that you don't have to feel bad about it because you're doing things in a way that is conducive to your goal the majority of the time. Right. You're, you're, you're eating them because you enjoy them, not because you're dealing with other internal issues. Some of the biggest wins in our client community are when someone says, hey, guys, I went out. I had a little bit of, you know, I had, I had a moderate amount of pizza. I had some wine. I was aware of how that affected my overall caloric intake. I enjoyed the crap out of them. And I'm going in tomorrow like it never happened because mm-hmm. this is a normal thing to enjoy food. The, the, and that, that this all goes back to establishing caloric awareness. This is how you intuitively eat. You have to develop some kind of awareness of what, you know, how, how, what foods have how many calories, what a portion size looks like, what kind of macronutrients are you getting? Is this a higher carbohydrate food? Is this a higher fat food? And how does that play into my daily intake? Until you develop those, that, that eye for food, you're going to have a really hard time ever knowing what's good, what's what's quote unquote bad, how much should I eat, how much should I not eat, and escape binge purge type patterns because if you're not aware, then you just you're naturally going to assume that you overindulge and then subconsciously purge the next day. You're gonna eat less or over exercise to make up for it. Or at least a lot of people do that. Mm-hmm. So. I, I absolutely agree with that. And I also think that that kind of goes into the extreme example Um, that we talk about when people start things. I mean, if you completely deprive yourself of some of these things that you enjoy uh, for a period of time, eventually your mind, your body is going to crave it so much that you are going to binge and then feel completely derailed and feel like you're going to have to start over and get all of these negative feelings um, like guilt, shame, and and so forth um, that a lot of people experience. And one thing that we... uh, definitely preach in, in the program is, is that, you know, if, if you have a few days where you fall off the program and you are eating foods that you didn't plan to eat and it's, you know, it starts to make you feel like you're derailed, don't punish yourself. Don't go and overexhaust yourself in the gym. Don't um, eat just strictly chicken and rice. Uh, go back into the program like another day and continue moving forward and just realize that because you uh, actually Maverick gives a great example of the the Google Maps. You want to give your example real quick? <laughs> yeah. 
So if you're in a town you've never been and you need to drive to the grocery store and you don't have Google Maps or any kind of navigation system, if you make a wrong turn, you know, if somebody gives you some directions and you take off, you make a wrong turn, you got to turn around and go back. Whereas if you have Google Maps, it doesn't matter if you make a wrong turn because you can get right back on track and keep going. <laughs> we are the Google Maps of fitness. <laughs> so what I say is, is that if you're on a road trip, right, and you decide that you want to stop um, and check out the world's largest ball of yarn and you're there for a day, yeah, it's going to take you a little bit longer to get to your destination, but you're still on your way to your destination. Same thing goes with, you know, if, if you get derailed a little bit, uh, yeah, it might take you a little bit longer to get back to your destination, but you are still aware of what you're doing. You know what you need to do to move forward and you're still going to get there. That, uh, what I what I get from what you just said is people who expect perfection and punish themselves when they're not mm -hmm. perfect. That's another reason why a lot of people struggle because in a lot of these extreme methods, it's all or nothing. And that's at very human nature is not realistic. We're not perfect creatures. You're an accumulation of what you have done primarily habitually throughout the last you know few months or years of your life. So to expect that all of that can change overnight or to expect that one month of doing something different is going to is going to cause a transformation is unrealistic. You know, we're we're a rolling average of what we've done over the past few years. I, I was actually that person um, back in the day. I was the person that would basically guilt myself um, if I fell off, and so I would make sure that I didn't skip a day at the gym for the next week and. I was at the gym for X amount of time and I didn't miss any exercise and um, was super clean that week. And it just, at the end of the day, that just becomes exhausting. It's not realistic. It, it, it's basically you punishing yourself. It's not a healthy uh, relationship uh, with yourself, your body, or your mind. So all you, especially all you mothers out there or all you busy female professionals who are in a relationship or otherwise, the only way that you can be at your best with all of your time constraints and priorities is if you have a, if, you know, if you're wanting to change what you see in the mirror, if you're unhappy, you want to get healthier, feel better, have more energy. The only way you can do that and keep doing it is if you have something that gives you these tools to where you become aware of how much you need personally to consume to, to reach your goals uh, when it comes to diff the different kinds of foods and macronutrients like protein, carbs, and fats. You're, you're going to have to have something that gives you the tools to intuitively know day to day how much you've consumed and how much you need to consume. And it's overwhelming to try and do this on your own because if you go to Google right now and you search how to lose weight, how to burn fat, realize that the nine out of the first 10 results are whoever paid the most to get their quote unquote method on that page. It's not good information. It's people who have money who are trying to promote their scam so that they can get you on board, get you some quick instantaneous results. This is why so many people are suffering. And this is what we're trying to, to cause a stop to. We're trying to put a stop to this kind of thing because it's very, very harming for the vast majority of people who are just looking for some sustainability in their lives. You need balance. You need something that gives you the tools to be able to eat foods you love in moderation and still see results. And that's 100% possible. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. So to, to kind of summarize, you know, stop, stop giving yourself such a hard time and stop guilting yourself, shaming yourself. Um, when you decide that you want to make a change in your life, uh, go ahead and start at a slow pace. Stop doing the extremes. So plan ahead, make small changes, um, make small commitments to yourself that you can actually follow through with. And realize that each small step that you make, each small change that you make, is you getting a step closer to your goal. Um, at the end of the day, if you make those small, slow commitments, you will be able to get closer to your goal than if you try an extreme method. Worrying about how fast it's happening is the least amount of what you should, I mean, it's, it's the, the last thing you should be worrying about. It's not supposed to happen fast. Take anything that you're good at right now, any skill that you've acquired, anything that you're, you can say, yeah, I'm really good at this, or I'm an authority on this. You did not get that way overnight. And this is no different. It takes time to become your happiest, healthiest self. It takes a lot of work. That's not the sexy answer, but it's the reality. And we're on a mission to help people do just that in a way that is sustainable, implementable, and heals people from the malicious, you know, fad diet, quick fix industry. That's mm -hmm. what we're here to do. So hope you got value from this, from this episode. There's a lot more we could talk about, but we've, we've dipped our toe in the pool, so to speak. No, absolutely. And then, and again, I mean, with fat loss, if it was something that was extremely easy to do, um, and all of these extreme methods, uh, worked, then people wouldn't have to circle back around and try a different one and try a different one. Exactly. Every time someone tells me, yeah, I did keto and it worked. I was like, okay, well, you're speaking in past tense. Why aren't you still doing it? If it worked, you know, what, you're still looking for an answer. Clearly, you know, I, I, this happened the other day on another podcast. The guy was like, well, I did keto and it, and it worked for me. And I was like, okay, but you're still looking for an answer now, right? He's like, yeah, I'm still trying to figure out what works. And I was like, okay, well then I don't, doesn't sound like that worked for you. Worked means it works indefinitely. To me, that's what works means. Not it helped me lose a quick 20 pounds and now I, it worked for a month or it worked for a few weeks. You know, worked means I'm I'm implementing it for life. perpetually. Yes, mm -hmm. I'm still doing it. It works. This is my system. This is me. This is my balance. That's what works means to me. And that's Absolutely. what people should strive to find. Absolutely. I agree. Well, thank you all for listening. Um, if you like what you hear, please hit the subscribe button. And... Five stars, five stars, five stars. <laughs> we'll see you all next time. Ladies, thanks for listening. Find us and reach out to us on Instagram at maverick underscore Willett, on Facebook at Maverick Willett Fitness, or visit our website, www.maverickonlinecoaching.com. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and check back weekly for new episodes. See you next time.